the office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. The House of Representatives has ousted Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. A move like this has been threatened before, but this is the first time that a Speaker has ever been removed through a vote, and it sent the House into unprecedented territory. Representatives will not meet for a week, but will have to return to choose the next House Speaker. So here to help us break it all down, we're joined by Lynn Sweet, Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief for the Chicago Sun-Times. Welcome back, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Good so this, to be here. This vote, as we know, Lynn, it sent the House into chaos. Uh, you know, business has grinded to a halt. I'm curious your reaction when you heard the news. Not surprised that it happened because Florida Republican rabble-rouser Congressman Matt Gates said he would do it, and he did. And we learned Sunday that he was going to file his motion to vacate and the speed that this happened is the only thing that I found a bit surprising, Sasha, mm-hmm. but I figured it would happen this week since he needed so few votes to be able to oust the speaker. Yeah, let's bring everyone up to speed here, Lynn. For those who hadn't been following, just talk to us about what led up to this vote. I will. So let me even take two steps back, everybody. Back in January, when uh, there were these 15 votes that got uh, Kevin McCarthy the speakership, one of the deals he made is that it could be as little as one member could file a motion to vacate. That was important in winning the job. So lo and behold, what happened? One member, Matt Gates, who has an issue, who had an issue with this then-speaker, filed the motion to vacate. So one person was able to get this ball rolling. What triggered it was the deal that averted, for now, a federal government showdown. 45 days was the deal. It's up November 17th. But here's what got among the reasons that it got Matt Gates so mad. McCarthy only got it passed on the strength of Democratic votes. So more Democrats than Republicans voted for their short-term deal. So that set the stage for uh, Gets on Sunday to announce he was going to file the motion. And he had a bill of other particulars Sasha, against him, yeah. including that uh, he doesn't have single subject appropriation bills. He wanted 12 for each of the major appropriation categories. But what triggered it was this short-term deal. And boom, the vote happened because one person was able to call it. So then, I know you're going to ask me this, but bear with me, everyone, because it's the final piece. People may ask, why could you dump a leader, the speaker, when the vote was uh, 216 to 10? Right. That is because that the Democrats, usually leaders, the speaker is, even though the speaker of the House is the speaker of the entire House, The speaker is usually just elected by the majority party. So the Democrats put up, back in January, Hakeem Jeffries, who's the minority leader, and you put up Kevin McCarthy, and the majority wins. It just never happens that you cross the aisle. Mm -hmm. So given the choice uh, yesterday on the motion to vacate, in theory, could any Democrat 
sort of handful of Democrats crossed over to save McCarthy? Yeah, but they chose not to. They're saying is our unity is our strength. They chose to let the majority party go pick their leader. Yeah. Even and if if the majority party wanted to save the speaker, they had the votes to do it. But he was uh, they have a four or five vote majority. That Mm -hmm. is the Republicans in the House, Sasha. So when eight people voted against him. He's out. Yeah. Let's hear from the man himself. After being ousted, McCarthy said he didn't regret the effort to keep the government open. But you know what? If I lose my job over doing what I truly believe what's right, I'm very at peace with it. I knew they would make the motion on me. It didn't make one bit of difference. I felt very comfortable in that decision. So as we've talked about, Lynn, all three Illinois Republicans voted to, to back Kevin McCarthy and they range along the spectrum of the party. Why did they want to keep him in place? Well, the three all come from central to southern Illinois districts. Mary Miller, who is the most Trump-allied uh, member of the delegation, Darren LaHood, and Mike Bost. Uh, by the way, Mike Bost is facing a primary challenge from former state senator uh, Darren Bailey, who you remember ran for governor mm-hmm. in 2022. So uh, even though Mary Miller, on these 15 votes to get McCarthy speaker, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, she held out her yes vote for a long time, but eventually she did support him. She basically said in her statement that uh, there's no other person. And this is this is just the the crowd she threw in with. These eight people who voted to oust McCarthy are the fringe of the fringe, and so our three members is uh, they're they're hardline. But I would say Mary Miller's the most hardline, and then uh, LaHood and Bust, who are far more experienced Congress people, and they have. Uh, vast experience in perhaps how the chamber works are not the people who say no to everything. And they appreciated that even though they did not vote, neither of the three voted for this budget deal, by the way, the short-term budget deal, but they appreciated that you don't oust a speaker just because of this one deal uh, that they didn't like. And by the way, they get to do it all over again in just a few weeks. Yeah. So in the hours after the vote, there was no clear replacement for Kevin McCarthy on the Republican side. And uh, Representative Gates, who brought the motion to oust McCarthy, as you mentioned, says he's not throwing his hat in the ring. So talk to us about the names that are being thrown out by Republicans. And, of course, the, the new announcement we just heard about uh, Jim Jordan. So, so Matt Gates couldn't be elected dog catcher right now. He is very unpopular within his own ranks. One person set in motion this move to dump McCarthy, who most people did not want to, the majority of the caucus, okay? Uh, they, they hold the majority, as I said, by four or five votes. Mm-hmm. Only eight people did not want McCarthy. Can, and all, I would say almost all of them resent the chaos that he has thrown the house into right yeah. now. So so he's yeah, not an option, for yeah. sure. He's not even close. So right. the two people uh, are the number two Republican, Steve Scalise, 
popular, uh, has a similar agenda, is well-liked. Uh, our listeners may remember him as the Republican who was shot during a baseball game practice a few years back. But he is also battling cancer right now. Uh, so I don't know if that will weigh in on, on some people. But mm-hmm. he is somebody who, if he is speaker, uh, could probably deal with the Democrats. Jim Jordan, whose name you just mentioned, from Ohio, he is a Republican firebrand who is leading the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, who is one of the most aggressive attackers of Democrats and uh, one of the most aggressive backers of Trump who uh, you could come up with in the House. It is hard to imagine that given a choice between Scalise, even with his illness and Jordan, that Jordan would put it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think there may be some sleeper candidates, and don't overlook a representative, Elise Stefanik, from upstate New York, one of the youngest mm-hmm. members of the House. She's in number three in leadership now and uh, terribly ambitious. Uh, she was once a uh, student when I uh, had a fellowship and taught at her school, and so I've known her forever and seen her evolve into uh, from a moderate conservative into this hardliner, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone, a player yet unnamed, doesn't surface as a compromise. Uh, I would think right now, though, that Scalise, even with his illness, is in the best position, if he wants it, to leverage his relationships. And we, we've talked about the fact that the Republicans control the House by nine seats. I mean, it, what's the possibility of a Democrat winning that speaker slot? Zero. Zero, yeah. Um, over the weekend... Representatives, we know, narrowly passed a stopgap funding measure to avoid that government shutdown that we've been talking about. That's going to run out in mid-November, and now the House is halting business for a week. Talk more about how that could affect the race to fund the government. Probably it wouldn't, as a practical matter, since the nature of how Congress works uh, is to only get something done on deadline. Again, listeners, how many of you know in your own life you wait until the last minute to get something done? This is the disease that afflicts Congress, that the deal isn't, the deal isn't done until it's done. So the, the uh, lack of a leader today, tomorrow, next week won't matter. I would say let's talk again maybe November 10th, and then we'll have a better idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm presuming that within one or two weeks they get a speaker. What should we know about Patrick McHenry of uh, North Carolina, who's right now the interim speaker of the House? Well, one thing we should know is that he's very petty. What One of the things he did in the first hour of being the interim speaker was order former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to vacate an office she had in the Capitol. Nancy Pelosi was in San Francisco, by the way, for the funeral of the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pelosi, as is her way of having a dig in, a not-so-subtle dig, said, office space is important to me. Uh, I hope, basically, she said something, uh, so uh, now that you have your space back, what are you going to do with it? Something like, go run the country. Uh, As a courtesy to former speakers, uh, they often do get a hideaway space. Uh, 
Nancy Pelosi pointed out that when Dennis Hastert, the longest-serving Republican speaker in history, mm-hmm. was able to hang on for years, uh, when he uh, was not speaker anymore, she gave him a suite of offices in the Capitol. And again, so our listeners know, yes, this is the same Denny Hastert who fell, uh, who had the big, one of the biggest falls of any public figure I've seen. Uh, and uh, yes, that is the same. So as interim speaker, he was he was able to make that move. Can you clarify yeah. for us what, what can an interim speaker do? Not much. He could preside over the election of a new speaker. Uh, I don't think he can. So, so, for example, Kevin McCarthy was also the head, if, if de facto, but he ran the National Republican uh, Campaign Committee, Congressional Committee. That is the House GOP political operation. Patrick Henry's not going to do that. No one knows who Patrick Henry is, so he can't do massive fundraising the way McCarthy did. What can he do governmentally with the gavel? Not that much. The House needs a speaker to run, to uh, formulate the policies, the rules under which they'll consider legislation, uh, the what they will have debate on and what they won't. So that's what will get held until you have a speaker. We'll leave it there for now. That's Lynn Sweet, Chicago Sun-Times, Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief, talking about the unprecedented vote to remove Kevin McCarthy from Speaker of the House. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you, Sasha.